we are recording. Good. I'm, I didn't. So, I have to take my um, pre-podcast pee, though. I want you to know that that's going to be the. <laughs> I don't know why I moved into the microphone yeah. to tell you that. It's like yeah. you needed to know. That's <laughs> for the record. So hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. Well, are you doing it here or where? Yes, it's happening right now. I mean, no, no, right. You're listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. Hello and welcome to Live from the News Dungeon, a podcast from nondoc.com. I'm Trace Savage, editor-in-chief of nondoc.com. That's N-O-N-D-O-C.com. If you somehow are listening to this podcast and don't know who the heck we are, I'm here with Angela Jones. What's up? You're tan and Thank back you. from a vacation. Thank you. That's what Mexico will do to you, except yeah. my face. Well, I don't allow the sun to touch my face. As Billy Joe Shaver wrote, there ain't no God in Mexico. Nope, that's true. Ain't no comfort in the can. I don't know what that means. Andrea Dinhood, how are you? I'm good. I did not go to Mexico, unfortunately. That You're still a little tan, though. That's my genetics. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you that, win. You that's win. That's pretty good. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little tan. I was at the pool once, and I mowed my yard, and... That's like Mexico. Basically. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I actually was watching uh, on the Yucatan Peninsula last night a thing on PBS. And um, yeah, I basically have an underground river uh, in my backyard at this point. I love that. I'm super into the Yucatan Peninsula. Oh, it was amazing. They had, just as a quick aside, uh, they had like a part about all these bats that, you know, are in some of the caves. And then they had a a slow motion video because the cameras are so amazing now of bir- various birds, including something called a bat falcon, which mm-hmm. I think needs to be a spinoff superhero. Mm-hmm. And they just fly through the air and grab bats out of the air and eat them. Oh, wow. And so I'm watching this, and I am I was eating dinner, and I'm so I said to my girlfriend, uh, yeah, I love bats. I think they're fascinating. We just shouldn't, as a species be like rooting around in their anuses for coronavirus. Yeah, let's, yeah. And, you know, trying to pass it through ferrets to morph <laughs> and see if it can jump between species, which if you don't know anything about that, uh, maybe we Google can explain it, it later. Um, <laughs> That's the next episode, folks. So Stick around. anyway, I said that. And right as I said that, uh, the narrator of this, you know, nature episode goes, uh, and the ancient Mayans thought that bats equated to death. And I was like, see, the Mayans knew. <laughs> the Mayans They know. would not have been sending scientists spelunking into caverns to try to capture bats and swab their butts for various <laughs> new types of coronavirus. I feel like the Mayans are really evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, they at least knew not to be that evolved. Yeah, except for they were dummies because they didn't use the wheel at all. I learned that in Mexico recently. All right. It's round like the sun, which they worshipped. Hmm. And they, as a result, they thought it was a problem mm-hmm. to use? It would be disrespectful to use the wheel. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Doesn't sound good. Doesn't seem to make much sense, but uh, moving on, neither does this podcast. (laughs) We have a guest with us today, Andy Moore. How are you? I'm good, Trace. Thanks for having me. You are the director of Let's Fix This, Mm -hmm. and you, in addition to having a a literal hat in front of you on the table, go ahead and put that on so our podcast listeners can see. Okay. (laughs) That's right. Well, it really translates well through the microphone. Yeah. It does. It changes everything. Pretty suave. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. I feel like I expect you to play the guitar right now. I feel like this is a Trey Savage kind of hat. Yeah. No, I... You have a hat face. Um, <laughs> you have a hat your, your face. Your mom has a hat face. <laughs> yeah. That's a... I think I stole that line from Fraser years ago. Um, 
But you wear multiple hats, was my point. So not only do you run Let's Fix This, you have become the executive director of Freedom of Information Oklahoma. Yes. President, executive director? Executive director, yeah. H-M-F-C-I-C, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Okay. It's hard. Um, it's hard. Somebody will get that on the <laughs> recording. And, uh, I get it. I just don't want to cuss on the podcast. Totally don't want to cuss on the podcast. Um, we'll have to have Bryce do like an intro like, hey, if there's kids in the car... Put raisins in their ears. Um, <laughs> so, and then you're you wear other hats. You were you were involved in like a ballot initiative thing that we just won't talk about because that probably wasn't the your favorite. We're still active out there. We got hit by COVID, but I mean not by the virus, but it right. slowed the thing. Yeah, people not like politicians. a swarm of bats came in. That's exactly it. right. Okay, yeah, and right. the swabs were not effective. Okay, there you go. So uh, we're gonna we have there's a reason we have you here on the podcast, uh, but I want to open by just like celebrating the fact that we had an amazing party between our last episode and this yes, episode. Yes, yes. Uh, we're actually recording this on Thursday, July 1st, around 1245 to start the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. What? Um, I know this isn't going to drop for like a week or so, uh, but whenever it drops, just keep in mind that we're talking about July 1st. It's also Bobby Bonilla Day, um, where Bobby Bonilla is getting paid uh, by the New York Mets, uh, even though he retired like 25 years ago uh, from Major League Baseball. They like oh, strung his contract. He gets like $1.7 million until for like 50 years. And so every July 1st. Anyway, Yay, so happy sports. Bobby Bonilla Super Day. Him. If somebody ever offers, <laughs> if somebody ever says like, hey, we owe you $18 million, but we need to translate it to $50 million over the next 50 years, just take the deal. I feel like it's a good deal. It's like the publisher's clearinghouse where you can take the lump sum or the payments, and mm-hmm. he took the payments. No, he translated a lump sum into bigger, longer payments. Well, that's true. I think. That's how, well, that's right. If you do it for the lottery, the You're lump sum is to less. Take the lump sum. I right. just say yes to millions. I think that's kind of like my personal mantra. That's true. We, However, and, they come to me. Well, and just to be clear, we were very lucky. We didn't win the lottery or the publisher's clearinghouse, but we had a lot of balloons at this party so many on balloons. June 18th. Mm-hmm. And our balloon budget was funded Mm -hmm. by the generous donors of nondoc.com to the Sustainable Journalism Foundation, our sort of parent moniker uh, or or, uh, legal filing. Uh, It was a great party. Thank you so much to everybody who came out. Andy, did you come out? No, you, no, you I wasn't able out. to make it. I had the kids that weekend. You had you oh, had Andy. an obligation. Well, you missed a heck of a backyard. Daniel Miley, Marley McDonald were amazing volunteer hosts, part of our fundraising committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a wonderful night. Do we know how many people showed up roughly? Um, like 120? Yeah, I would say that's a cl- Yeah, that's a Something. pretty good guess. And then yes. you left at midnight and then just a bunch of like, Hooligans. Random hooligans in like yeah, Do- the, donating hooligans that donate right just they just saw the <laughs> PayPal squares or yeah. QR codes and just were donating randomly. We yeah. had like a, a, a DJ from New York City wander he was awesome. through. He was a cool guy. Yeah, uh, he donated. Um, a bunch of young women in like fancy clothes uh, showed up at midnight. Oh, I missed that. You did miss that. And uh, they gave money on the way out the door, I guess. And I don't was, know. Well, must have known these people, right? Marley but, knew them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, fine. They were was, known. I think they. I think at some point our party ended at midnight, and then the dance floor was going. Yeah. And there was just other, and there was still like beer in the in the thing. So you know. Yeah. People. There's so, a dance floor and beer party on. So when I yeah. showed up the next morning to clean, there was like an additional ninety four dollars in an envelope of. of of oh. people who had just shown up in the middle of the night. I love like, when oh, that happens. Yeah. I love when I just find an additional ninety dollars well, And like party crashers that bring money. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. really... That's and we also quality. had a lot of people who were unable to make the party, mm-hmm. but did donate. 
They did. Um, I think it, I think Andy, you are a, one, a monthly donor. Is that I correct? Am, yeah, yeah. yeah, we yes. really appreciate you. Do you know what level you are on the on the on the Writers Fund page? No. Uh, do you, Do you know what you? I'll tell you real quick. Do you know what uh, level you donate at? I'm going to guess it's probably $5 a month. $5. That, that would be the Jim Lemons level <laughs> donation. Oh, nice. yes. You can go to nondoc.com forward slash writers with a W and an S. No, you do 10 a month. Fun. Oh, you do yeah. 10 a month. That's I think I upped it because I couldn't make it to the backyard thing. Maybe that was it. Well, then <laughs> I yeah, you were at the <laughs> oh, Nelly And Bly now we're getting level. the repeated payments, which is the way to go. That's right. yeah. 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 It's yeah. worth it. I read a lot of nondoc, and we cite you on our podcast almost every week. So oh, thank it feels you. feels reciprocal. Well, if you do that, so you're the Nellie Bly level, which is pretty good. Now, if you went up to $20 a month, that would be the Hunter S. Thompson level. And you would just... How uh, is Hunter S. Thompson above Nellie Bly? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> uh, have you read Fear and Loathing on the Campaign, campaign Trail 1972? <laughs> no. Well, then I, I addressed my case. Sadly, no. Um, Walter Cronkite is at $30. Uh, he, he of the... Uh, user of the word non-doctrinaire in an interview with Playboy uh, 50 years ago, who that's how we found and our name. And here we are today, And then Trace Bob, Red Playboy. Bob Woodward is, I used Google, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bob Woodward is $50. And then we had somebody come to us and say, if you create a, a level higher than that for Ida B. Wells, uh, I will donate at it. And so we did. So that's the $60 That's awesome. Well, yeah, so... Um, Pretty good stuff. We appreciate all of our uh, donors. Andy, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, that seems like a good time to do an early pod nod. Yes, let's do these pod nods. That's how much we care about our donors, and we're really here able to do this because mm -hmm. of folks because who support of, us. Um, so we're going to set a timer. Yep, I got it. All right. I got it right here. I Ready? get one minute to try to say these names. I did do a practice run. Um, so... If I say your name wrong, my deepest apologies. It's just what I do best. Um, but we appreciate you and we love you. And we are so happy and thankful for this support because it does keep our mission going. So I'm starting the timer. Ready, yes. set, go. D.A. and A.D. Morris, Janine Barnett, Sarah Gray, Bob Paxton, Michelle Wynn, Elizabeth Seidler, Michael Thompson, Gary Huddleston, Matthew Morgan, Ralph Hammerlet, Cole Stout, Andy Stringfellow, Stephen Charles, Sarah Banna, Daniel, Daniel Eaton, Brian Kiesel, Daniel Seitz, Jim Demlap, David Burney, Ben Jansen, Jim Quillen, Benny Veneta, John Miley, Andy and Carol Magid, Mary Humphrey, Brian Bates, Judy Matthews, Trinity Cohey, Graham Brewer, Zach Schwartz, Christian Rains, Tyler Powell, Brent Bushy, Kylie Hushbeck, Warren Beef, Caitlin Dennis, Carol, nope, already said that one, uh, Jeff Packham, Brennan Pope, Cody Giles, Peter Fulmer, Trent Rattery, Susan Bayhick, William Savage, Taylor Bolin, Brent Skarkey, Liz Charles, Jeff Hargrave, Jessica Diedrich, Daniel Lapp. Pan. Lapham. Lapham. Okay, great. James Nin, Thomas Lewis II, Allie Wallace, Corden DeCook, Mac Burke, Debbie Anglin, Danny Honeycutt, Sam Day, Levi Schmidt, Chris Parker, Jennifer. The, is that the That's audio? That's my timer. That's your timer? Oh my uh -oh. gosh, I'm so sorry. And I the can't timer. even turn it off. Okay, but just I was almost Just smash the phone. Just Hillary Clinton it. Just smash the just, device. What did she do? Ugh! Just rage on it. Okay, but let me, I just have a couple more. Chris Prather, Jennifer Moneys, uh, Aaron Brilbeck, Rick Grellner, Andy and John Anderson, uh, Amy and John Anderson. Amy, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Your hair looks cute. Cassandra Sweetman, Brett Fieldcamp, Berlin Green, Sandino Thompson, Hammonds Hempner, Mike Cantrell, Michael Rubenstein, Larry and Andy Patterson, Michael Duncan, and Marley. 
uh, and your friends. Marley, yeah, <laughs> Marley's friends. <laughs> Marley's friends with the $94. Yay! Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Marley's friends. Um, okay, so just to break down the party, the balloons were on point. Um, we want to thank the Oklahoma beer distributors as well. By the way, Brett Robinson, thank you for hooking us up for some tasty beer. We had a pretty good sampling. And then Victoria, still on our board, uh, hooked it up with us from Vanessa House. We mm-hmm. had a really uh, a lot of wonderful, delicious drinks. So that was all very appreciated. Um, thank you to everybody who brought food. Andrea coordinating. Angela sitting in the hot garage and taking names. Oh, man. Uh, so hot. The thing I think everybody wants to know about is what was it like to get hit in the face with a pie? They're dying to know. So people who donated got a chance at the party. They got a raffle ticket to get drawn to hit one of our four uh, people who were brave enough to do this. (laughs) You, me, the three of us, Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. Megan Prather, our education reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Trinity Cohey, former non-doc editorial intern, Got to hit me with a pie. Mm-hmm. There's a video of that. We can I play. think she was super excited. She was pretty excited mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jim Quillen, From our board. one of our board members, mm-hmm. got to hit you in the face with a pie for mm-hmm. all the times you needed help with QuickBooks. Yeah, except for I think he was just like so apologetic. Like he, I don't think it was the best moment of his life. No, he, yeah, he was a little, he didn't like, ah, <laughs> you're nice. I don't, I like you. This is weird. <laughs> um, and then Andrea, you got hit by Packham, Jeff Packham, who used to be another freelancer for us, who who like year the first time we had that party four years earlier, like I thought was going, he just came like running down that hill. He's a big guy. (laughs) Uh, It was a good moment in non-doc history. And uh, then Megan, I, and this was totally the luck of the draw. Megan got hit by Jennifer Moneys, who not only is a public relations professional, but is also on the state board of education. And so she posted on Twitter. She was like, something tells me I'm going to pay for this in the future because Megan's our education reporter. So I, somebody on Twitter had a real snarky, shitty uh, comment about it. Just no, nobody's can have fun, you know? Um, Come on guys. I know. Well, uh, anyway, so what did you, what was your takeaway in terms of taking a pie to the face? Here's the thing. You need to go shower your, your hair immediately. So I, when I finally did leave, I just went home and passed out in just like a puddle of my own sweat and cool whip. And so when I woke up in the morning, my hair was, had just cemented (laughs) into this sort of like cool whip mohawk. Oh man. And uh, so that first look in the mirror was like, what happened? And then getting it out was difficult. So there's my hot tip. Pro tip, that wash was, your hair immediately. Yeah, I thought I washed my hair, but it just, I still, it just smelled. Mm-hmm. Well, like lingering fatty dairy smell. It's I think just forever. The main impression yeah, <laughs> and it's forever sticky. We should have had like a dunk, to, like a bucket to just dunk our heads in afterwards or something. Or maybe just showered. Yeah. I don't I know. Think just, just, yeah, they, they invented <laughs> that. It's worse. called a shower. It works. Yeah. yeah. What, can I ask what kind of pies were they? Um, I just For some reason, great. we bought... Uh, pans that had crusts in them, actually. Because every time I watch a video where a pie is thrown in a face, there's always the crust at the end, and then the crust is, like, crumbling and falling down, and it's just, like, visually, you know, it's what I wanted. Well, we spend more for our donors to have more, so that was the goal. So it was really just, like, whipped cream filled, like, a pie crust, like, filled with whipped cream and a cherry on top. But it's not like a cheesecake or a lemon meringue. No, no. Right. That would have been better. It would have been tastier. It might have been tastier, and it also probably would have been thicker, maybe held up better. Had like a more oomph to or it. Probably a deeper, deeper squash yeah. sound when it yeah. hits you. 
Yeah. It's a key lime right in the right in the kisser. That sounds fun and tasty. I think we should try it. Well, I think we're going to have year. to do this again. Yeah. Next year. Next buying. Next, next time we'll know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Any other thoughts about the party? We just thank you so much for coming out, guys. We really uh, had a great time. Uh, I loved getting to see the faces and put names with faces and <clears throat> see faces I haven't seen since last year or since a debate. And so I just really, I, I personally, you know, love that. And we all appreciate you guys coming out and being supportive. And we know it was hot, but it was also really fun. And so thank you. Just thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again to Daniel and Marley for, for hosting and making that possible. Okay, so... Andy Moore, we brought you here today because we're recording ahead of the 4th of July weekend where if if the news gods can align and just let me not have to news for a few days, that would be awesome. Uh, but you have done a lot of these podcasts in your Let's Fix This capacity. So you're a podcast veteran. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? With the podcast, yeah, as a right whole. now, just yeah. So I, uh, I happen to love Life in the News Dungeon. I listen to it every week, or at least in bulk. Sometimes yes. I, I will uh, bulk download. But I think it's great. You guys do a great job. Bryce is a, a real treasure. Yeah, yeah. He is. he's you're a pro. A, you're a national treasure, or you're a reformed prison guard, teenage <laughs> prison guard. If you missed our last episode, cut to the end and listen to Bryce's time as a, as a not properly deputized prison guard in <laughs> southeastern Oklahoma. 16. Um, and yeah, okay. Well, uh, you've done how many episodes of your pod? 170 it, it, official episodes plus some extras. And so it's our, welcome some to extras. our 13th episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's pod this. You've been on. I was on it. Yeah. I was. I, we recorded in your upstairs jam yeah. room. That's right. Scott's extra and, bedroom. And yeah. you had some pretty tasty bourbon for me to drink that's while true we did it, well think. it's all new now we've got much better equipment and we had an office for a while but we don't because of covid and now we're in scott's Wait, basement I did two episodes didn't i oh, because maybe. i came to that office the law as office well. yeah yeah I did. what i'm hearing is this podcast is missing tasty bourbon that's true it is although okay. it is like 1 p.m and i i am i'm trying to have tasty bourbon later cinnamon whiskey to, as a matter of fact what? and if i can get pizzeria gusto to Pour it. They sell it as a shot, and depending on who's working the bar, they they just will. Some of some of the people who work the bar, when I say like just take the shot and then put it over ice in a glass, and it some of them look at me like I'm just losing my mind, <laughs> and I'm like, why can't you just sell me this in a normal <laughs> drinking receptacle? Why is this only for shots? Can you order a shot and a glass of ice? Water, yeah. Just yeah, I, I don't know. So it's, it's just amazing. If you've, never, if you've never had the cinnamon whiskey at Pizzeria Gusto, you gotta think outside the box. You gotta check it out. <laughs> um, that's not why we brought you here, though, Andy. We brought you here to talk about freedom of information, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and also just like, uh, you know, living under the real Constitution. Uh, and, you know, they didn't quite get it like perfect the first time, so they had to have some amendments. And the first 10 of them are the Bill of Rights, but we want to talk about the First Amendment, uh, which is which is sort of like a main basis for our industry here as journalists. Uh, that would be the freedom of the, let me see if I can just mm. do this off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Freedom of, freedom of speech and from speech, right? That Supreme Court then ruled it's a freedom from speech. Uh, freedom of the press, freedom from the press, right? There's restrictions there. Freedom of religion, freedom from religion. You can't be compelled to uh, worship uh, in America. Ooh. Freedom to assemble uh and freedom freedom from assembly right like you can't be forced in a government capacity to go lobby right government. penalized for your right. previous I assembly mm-hmm. probably unions have a thing to say about that and then does anybody know the last one i do i got it 
freedom to petition your government. And so that kind of ties it all together here, Andy. You petition the government uh, in your let's fix this capacity, but then you also sort of lead this nebulous uh, group of um, miscreant journalists and editors <laughs> who comprise the Freedom of Information Oklahoma organization. Uh, you guys have recently been putting out a lot of statements on things, and you said it's sort of like herding cats to get you know journalists together to agree to say something. Well, I think any time that you are talking about freedom of speech, right, you have a lot of opinions to manage at one time. Right. And uh, FOI Oklahoma has a, a fairly large board as far as nonprofits go. I think uh, we've got around twenty or just shy of twenty. Ooh, that feels a little too many. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> and so I, about. I think about half are journalists, maybe half are attorneys. And then there's a few folks that are both that like were journalists and then went to law school, presumably to make money. And, uh, and so it's, it is always exciting to get everyone's opinion about some of these issues facing our state. And from that, try to parse a statement that I think reflects the opinion of the organization and what is in the best interest of the public, um, but also like doesn't, you know, run afoul of any individual or other organization's goals or efforts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've had a lot to deal with recently. There's been a lot of lawsuits filed uh, regarding open records in specific. And uh, I, I'll just address this real quickly. I don't want to like get too deep into it. But um, the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press is a national nonprofit that sort of supports the news gathering and First Amendment rights of journalists. And uh, I guess within the last year, um, an attorney based out of Tulsa named Katie Beth Gardner, OU graduate, uh, was hired uh, through like a grant uh, to be based here for what, one year, two years? It's a two year grant. Two year, yeah. good. Um, and the she's been busy. She's filed a lawsuit on behalf of Oklahoma Watch seeking uh, the the questioning whether uh, Epic Charter Schools has the right to charge them $75 million for a bunch of emails to be printed. Uh, that's an exaggeration of the amount that they, they <laughs> said, but it might as well be. Um, and then she's filed on behalf of Read Frontier, uh, which is seeking the release of video from the Pottawatomie County Jail of an individual who died while in custody there. Um, and then she's filed on behalf of, I think, the Osage News. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and there may be some others in the pipeline, but she's also helped us file uh, or filed for us on a records request that was denied uh, back in 2019 uh, by the University of Oklahoma. We've been, you know, reporting heavily on the goings on at the University of Oklahoma when former President David Boren left the university or left his position as president. The new president uh, came in. They found some things in the financial data, uh, misreporting of donor data that was kind of an interest. They hired the international law firm Jones Day to, to sort of examine and produce from documents that were already provided uh, to uh, the president. They uh, did an analysis of what the situation was, and they produced that report. And then in the process, uh, they were also uh, retained to investigate allegations of sexual misconduct uh, by then-President Boren over his 25-year uh, tenure, essentially. And they produced another report. Long story short, they denied our requests for those reports. And we said, eh, this is too big of a deal not to see uh, what a judge says about it. So 
we're waiting, I think today, uh, OU has the deadline of answering. So stay tuned. Maybe by the time this podcast posts, we'll, we'll know what their answer was. I'm, I'm sure their answer is probably going to be, uh, yeah, we just don't uh, feel like it's in the public interest, uh, which is what they said in a letter to us in the first time. Andy, I just wanted to ask you your thoughts about the whole situation. Yeah, well, that's a big question. Uh, yeah, or they'll they'll follow continuance, and you won't get the answer today, and it'll you have yeah, to wait another fine. month or three. It, yeah, that's fine. It's Fourth of July on Sunday. I don't want to. I don't read on a holiday. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, Friday. Uh, I don't read. I don't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I think so. Just to go back, the reporters' committee that grants to Oklahoma it doesn't the money doesn't go to any organization. There was a bunch of organizations that applied, kind of as two coalitions, and they called us all and said, "Hey, you guys all applied. We're going to put you together." and give you one attorney for the whole state, and that includes um, NAJA, which is the Native American Journalism Association, the Press Association, um, FOI, um, I think SPJ, the Society of Professional Journalists, and a couple other organizations. Right. It's almost like we've got a lot of organizations about journalism. In That's right, yeah. Now. And it, everyone kind of has their niche, but um, to get this asset or this resource has been tremendous. And so Katie yeah. Beth was great. She already had a basic lay of the land for Oklahoma, which is helpful. Yep. And she spent, I think, the first year building connections, talking to folks, and then has really like ramped it up in the last month, those four lawsuits. And she's provided a ton of advice, consultation, stuff along Done the way. Done something for the Muskogee Phoenix as well, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, just in particular, not to tee you up too much, but the o- OU sort of came back and said that the release of the two reports we requested is would only serve the public curiosity, not its interest. Right. And I just, I didn't know what your, you guys came up with a statement and, and I thought I would give you the chance to reiterate it. Sure, yeah. I don't have it pulled up, but I mean, that line like made a lot of us chuckle, right? Because it is not up to the university or the board of regents or their council to determine what's in the public interest or curiosity, right? Like if it's important to the public, if it involves the use of public funds, it is in the public's interest. Um, and if we allowed uh, entities to uh, to say what they think is only curious, then we would never get any information. So uh, yeah, so I mean, we, I think we are sub- certainly supportive of you all uh, in that endeavor because this kind of information especially from the University of Oklahoma. I mean, their Board of Regents uh, received, I won't say one, but they received our Black Hole Award um, at least last year, maybe twice, two years ago, um, for how they handled the uh, board's resignation, the search for a new president, and and all of that where they were. The private meeting on the fourth floor in the back of an architecture classroom where they were having lunch, and I wandered in not realizing it was they were selecting who their new chairperson was going to be. And (laughs) And even beyond that, they have um, arguably flaunted the Open Meeting Act where they would not publish agendas, and they will do it close to the time frame, right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to do it 24 hours at notice yeah. and they'll do it. Be 30 minutes behind yeah, or 15 it's, minutes behind or whatever. And that's like, you yeah. know. Yeah, and when it's not the biggest thing in the world, but also like you could have done it 30 minutes ahead. Right. could have done it. A like, day in advance. I mean, right. it conveys a lack of respect for the right. law or like that they believe they're above the law and that they won't be dinged for this and that's not okay. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because I think that I certainly am a child of that university. I mean, I... My dad taught there for 35 years. I graduated there. 
I, I minored in baseball heckling at Eldell Mitchell Park. Um, <laughs> you know, went to journalism school there, learned, uh, you know, a lot about the First Amendment and the freedoms of the press and the role of the press and how to do journalism from, from the university and, and owe a great deal there. And so, you know, it is sort of, if I just think, think personally, it's a kind of a question of like, well, what, what kind of university do I want my alma mater to be, right? We have a chance to be transparent and say, hey, here's what we found. And I've told them on multiple occasions, I will help you go to the next chapter if we just get to read the previous pages. And, you know, you see this around the country where, um, you know, uh, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, LSU, Baylor, um, you know, it's not uncommon for a university, certainly in this day and age, in the, in the Me Too movement, which is a little bit what we're talking about, right, in the, in the, in the, in the sexual misconduct uh, allegations against Bourne, you, you know, the inclination for people is just to say what we would have done 35 years ago, which is, well, we're just, hey, you know, we took care of it and, you know, no big deal. Well, we live in a different world now with different, uh, you know, abilities for the public to, to have voices, um, alternative media like ourselves, things like that. And I just think that, you know, it's, it's relevant to say we're not setting the standard that, hey, the next time one of the most powerful people in the state is accused credibly, according to Jones Day, the only portion of the Jones Day we report we know is that, that the one person who's been public about this was deemed generally credible. Uh, this is a credible accusation. We're going to spend a million dollars on these reports about this stuff, but we're not going to release them to the public. I just think it's a bad precedent, you know, and I don't want to be litigious. I didn't want to sue anybody. Andrea, Angela, you guys didn't want to be in a lawsuit. You didn't take the job because you thought, oh, yeah, the place I work for will be, you know, listed on the reasons they can go into executive session and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So I just say that, that you know, it's not nothing personal. There's a lot of great people at OU. There's a lot of great people on the Board of Regents at the University of Oklahoma who, you know, I think is a little bit split as far as I can tell in terms of should they release this, should they not Um should they are they waiting for a court to tell them to do that, you know, uh, to cover their own uh, rears, you know, if you will. But I don't know. Anything else you want to say on the topic? Yeah. So I was going to add you, I, you hit the nail on the head, I think, Trace, by saying that they had the opportunity to do the right thing and to be a leader with this. And certainly, you know, most of the faculty and the staff at, at OU and at every university are good people who do what they're told and are just try to follow the law. Um, and these decisions are often made by administrators who are, I guess, trying to protect the interest of the university. Um, Reputation. Yeah, right. But there's also the interest of the public. Um, and I think at any level of government, right, from the, you know, from the president to the governor to the state legislature to the board of regents to anybody who's running an organization, if you are in a leadership role, you have the the obligation, right? The impetus to do the most right thing for the most people, right? And you can, you can show, you can lead. And the university is, they send out a ton of press releases. They're happy to announce things that are, that they think makes them look good. And the reason that we have laws like the Open Records Act is because the public has a right to know the things that make you look good and the things that might make you look bad, right? Because we got to hold you to account, right? We have Tons of kids who go there and families who spend tens of thousands of dollars to that university, um, and they want to know that those people are spending the money in the right way. Yeah, and I, and I would just say, to close kind of by saying this, is that um, I, I know I cover the state legislature a lot. 
I know what, at least privately, a lot of lawmakers think about the situation. And I, I, I just think that if the University of Oklahoma thinks that fighting this, you know, all the way to the Supreme Court to keep this information public or private and keep it from the public, I just think that that would be a fascinating political strategy as they go back to the legislature year after year asking for a, approval of certain things that they want to do. Right. For a university whose state appropriated budget has dwindled to just a, right. a few pennies in a tin can, I think, at this point. Well, so. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Proportionally, it's way less than it well, was 20 the, years the ago. Part, now, now we're going to get into deep finances of, of things because the, the numbers on a lot of that stuff are skewed. There, there was a big cut back in 2018 for sure, and there was a cut last year. That most recent cut was restored this year and then some. Um, but it is sort of funny because there was like 10 years ago, there was like the numbers in state government were skewed because of the last federal relief package after the, you know, when the economy crashed in 08 or 09 or whatever. So it's an all, it's sort of a, it's, it's sort of, how do you want to make the numbers look? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I mean, I think everybody, I think the legislature gained a lot of trust back at OU when they held tuition check flat for three years, made some important cuts undid some things that had been done, like privatizing the freaking power plant and various other things that, you know, uh, you know, the cross village uh, deal, which was sort of bizarre, but we digress. We could talk about this all day. I just appreciate, um, Andy, your work at FOI Oklahoma to, you know, be, have measured comments about, uh, you know, important topics and, and be a, a, a group that can talk about things that, you know, typically we as a, a journalist uh, group are not going to do. So, yeah. Andy, I was wondering, how did you get involved with FOI in that in this whole realm of stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I I started Let's Fix This five years ago just as an effort to get folks to go to the Capitol and like be Will involved. Will you tell me a little bit more about Let's Fix This? Sure. Well. Well, it's, yeah, she was living in New York City at the time. <laughs> New York City. And while the salsa sucked, she had other things on her. There's probably yeah. really good salsa there. Yeah. yeah you I mean, you can find any. There's probably really good anything, anything there. there. Actually, there's like. There's a better honky tonk there than like there is in Oklahoma City. <laughs> nah, uh, for sure. Nah. No, I've been there. They serve coffee and bourbon at like midnight. Uh, but then the last time my friends were there, they got like there was like a kind of a weird race thing that happened at the door, and it was bizarre. At so the honky tonk. Bon- yeah, that never happened. No way. <laughs> but it, like it only, but it actually it only involved minorities in the whole situation. So it was it just doesn't even make any sense. So go ahead. we digress. I'm going to send that to my friends in New York. They're going to be like, thanks for pointing that out. Now we're <laughs> Yeah, so let's fix this. Um, started as a Facebook event of just trying to get some folks to go to the Capitol. This is five years ago at a time that our state was facing a $1.3 billion budget shortfall. And I, like most folks, had not paid very close attention until I started having friends getting laid off and seeing state services cut. And I was like, what's happening? What? What's the problem? What are the solutions? Maybe we should go up there because maybe those folks in the state capitol don't know what to do either. And this takes all of us, right? Like the entire state, the citizens and the elected officials, let's us fix this. You carved um, a wooden horse out of naivety. Right. And then just like went up there and you were like, yeah, I'm I'd never, positive. I'd never been in the building before. And so I went the day before with a friend. I was like, can you like – show me where the bathrooms are and where we're going. <laughs> and it turns out there are thousands of folks who are in the same boat who like want to be involved, but don't know how and um, haven't had an opportunity to do that. And that created an opportunity. So we've been trying to keep doing those things. So whether it's days at the Capitol or it's uh, we did a bunch of pub crawls with legislators 
Cause I was like, if we're going to go to your building where it's big and fancy, you should come out to where we hang out and let people talk to you in the same way. Right. And we've uh, hosted a bunch of debates with non-doc. Uh, yeah. You guys uh, definitely uh, been partners in a lot of the debates we, we did in 2018. Yeah. Oh, was that four years ago? Yeah. Now, are you going to adopt uh, as a policy platform this year for let's fix this, my number two priority, which is improving the toilet paper at the state capitol. I have no... Uh, you said you didn't know where the bathrooms were, but when you found them, were you just <laughs> appalled by the single ply I mean, I was a state situation? employee at the time, so that was pretty Yeah, normal. I feel the like standard. every state employee, yeah. I feel like if we polled this, like state employees would be for a three-ply toilet paper <laughs> mandate, you know, no doubt. Would I that think triple the budget, though? <laughs> I, I, I think it's actually, well, actually, you know a little bit about the way in which... Uh, toilet uh, paper sourcing? Service, yeah, remember <laughs> the, the, states, the, <laughs> the service contracts, right? With the Remember you looked into the thing? Oh, God, about I the really thing. don't. For the, <laughs> for the tower, the downtown tower? Because there's a requirement. That, I hope we cut this. Okay, I anyway. <laughs> Sandridge Tower with the contracts and the state service contracts. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That wasn't her. That was Are somebody else. Are you sure you, this was me? It was like four months ago. Yes. <laughs> yes, you wrote a whole story about the disability access. Oh, and what does that have to do with, oh, toilet that, paper, what? In that process, you asked me, like, do you know anything about state procurement contracting? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I that story was involving more, like, regulations about how state agencies, you know, need to hire I, from certain places and all that. I didn't really get into the toilet paper. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I really wish that you had uh, because I feel like this. May segment. I make an aside and say one time when I was living in Arkansas, Trace came to visit me while he was like road tripping to some something. Nashville. Okay. And that's a place. And I changed out my cheap ass one ply and put some like quilted, some like northern quilted in there just for this guy and then changed it back out to one ply. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start good. doing the opposite. If you and your, my house. <laughs> your bathroom at that time was just fantastic. Thank you. You were kind of going through. I was retired then. You were going through some stuff. You were not retired. You were <laughs> scrubbing toilets. For I a was living. scrubbing toilets, but living in a, like a retirement right. village. Senior citizen toilets. <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah. And you, if yeah. You, you said on the podcast before you're good at scrubbing. I am, yes. You scrub a good toilet. I scrub a good toilet. So <laughs> you, um, God, why did I bring this up though? <laughs> We lost it. Oh, in your bathroom was uh-huh. you had just sticky notes everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it, they were just like the most Uplifting. inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I had like two or three photos of those sticky notes just like uh, on my phone for a year. Uh-huh. Just like I'd scroll through and be like, you can do this. Yeah, okay. like I, it was great. They were just like these inspiring quotes you would come across from people or Sarah uh-huh. would say or somebody would say. And you'd, you'd just like... Put it Slab them up you know, there. I couldn't <laughs> shave because I couldn't see anything in the mirror. But you don't like, need that mirror. Right. I, <laughs> that but mirror I is to inspire of, you. I was full of uh, <laughs> proper inspiration. Okay, where are we now? Uh, what are we so talking about? So I think about? everybody likes the First Amendment and like freedom and 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 all that sort of stuff. Wait a second, we didn't we didn't get to the part where he started doing FOA. Stuff. Oh right, yeah. Oh, right. Back to you, Andy. Sorry. Well, that's not the toilet so paper. So is that is much a yay or a nay on the toilet paper mandate? Uh, I mean, I'm generally for it in state and businesses. All I right. think. Good. Good. Our, of all the things, thank you. Let's not be hard on our ass. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day. I, um, yeah. So through that, met a lot of people in um, FOI. Had an opening for a director, and uh, I applied and got the job. So oh. it's just part time. Okay. One of like four part time things. So. That you do. Yeah. Yep. The other one, we I should come back later to talk about this, but I this year started as the the director of um, 
the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers, which is a trade association for groups, some national and some state-based that are working on making like really important democracy reforms to make things work better. So whether it's changing how elections function, uh, anti-corruption, getting the money out of politics, campaign finance stuff. We have a lot of really cool organizations that are doing really great work across the country. And you find like real nonpartisan yeah, I mean, we have happening there. Yeah, I think the new term is cross-partisan. Oh, uh, wow. There's, wow. There's, the euphemism <laughs> treadmill is on, well, on the roll. I mean, depending on which Zoom I'm on, there's some folks that will say transpartisan or oh. omnipartisan. Oh. But the idea is like it's a big tent and there's room for everybody or almost everybody. Um, so, yeah. So, like, you know, on our board, we have, uh, you know, we have groups like uh, Represent Us that maybe is more left leaning. And we have groups like Take Back Our Republic that's more right leaning. Um, and everyone's agreement is. And they want similar reforms. Yeah. Like the system we have is broken and some fundamental levels and we really need to to make some big changes. That's that's good stuff as well. Uh, mm -hmm. No wonder you're wearing such a symmetrical hat. Uh, you can't, couldn't be slanted or anything like that. <laughs> but I'm ching. It would not work. Um, okay, so yeah, we like freedom. Uh, we like the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. We like parties. We yes. like uh, we really money like. that is donated. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. we are, and three we play. Are, three play. Yeah, we're going to hit our uh, fundraising push again to, to round out our $10,000 summer when we get back from the holiday weekend um, with our even better tans. Um, I'm trying to think what else did we want to get to on this pod episode? We're like 42 minutes in. So, I mean, <laughs> do you want to learn about like where the first oh, amendment came we, from? We need to fire up a nug. Yeah. All right. Bark it. Okay. So yes, I was tasked with the historical nugget this week. And so, um, here's what I've got. This is from thoughtco.com. So even though James Madison is the key person behind the bill of rights, which the First Amendment is the first thing of. Um, so when Madison was advocating for the Constitution, he was against any amendments to it, actually. He did not believe that the federal government would ever become powerful enough to need any. Mm. Yeah, he had, he who had lived through the <clears throat> Articles of Confederacy, uh, Articles of... Things. What yep. is it, the Articles of Confederacy? No. Yeah. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. Just kind of sounds like his All crystal right. ball had a crack in it. So hold on, just hold on, just a second. I can't get that wrong. Okay. Articles of Confederation. There you bad. go. Um, so can we just cut back to he who had lived through the Articles <laughs> of Confederation. <laughs> you can't do that. What? Yes, we can. It's Don't done. Laugh. It's done. It's podcast magic. Make it happen. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, but he what he was also convinced that establishing certain laws and liberties would allow the government to exclude the ones not explicitly mentioned. So that said, though, during his uh, 1789 campaign to get elected to Congress, um, he was uh, a po he was in opposition to the anti-federalists, and so he promised he would advocate for adding amendments to the Constitution. And when he was elected, he actually followed through with his promise. What? There you go. So um, Thomas Jefferson and Madison were like besties, and TJ was a strong proponent of civil liberties. And so Thomas Jefferson was like the kind of friend who was always like shoving books in Madison's face. I just imagine him like knocking on the door and like, you gotta read this like John Locke tome that I just finished. Or like, they're at the pub and like Maddie's like trying to check out like a lady. If and we TJ's had the, just like, read the Cesar Beccaria or whatever. If we had the bourbon from the Let's Fix This podcast, this would turn into an episode of Drunk History real quick. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. So anyway, that, that's kind of where it started. And and Madison's the kind of the fa considered the father of it. But I think Thomas Jefferson basically forced it on him with all of his sort of like literature. It's like my mom 
mom sending me like little pamphlets on how to quit smoking or whatever. Well, it's sort of a fascinating, you know. Which I've done. Concept. You have. Yes. I haven't seen you burn a heater in mm. a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Now, Andy, there was something else you were going to note. Yeah, I forgot to mention earlier that this is an important week, that this Sunday, which is the 4th, is the 55th anniversary of the passage of the Federal Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, uh, which is the whole basis of our, well, not the whole basis, but a significant piece um, in in the public's access to government information and, um, and a, a thing that is certainly near and dear to journalist hearts. Yeah. That's, well, that's excellent. Um, you can celebrate with some bourbon if you'd like. There we go. <laughs> Very American. Um, yeah, that's that's terrific. Uh, okay, so we're kind of toward the end of this podcast. Anybody other comments, questions? Are we done? No, yeah. I'm done. good. I'm good. I have one more question. Oh, well, uh, one thing I almost forgot. Okay, so relating back to our party, uh, but I'm going to make it a little more difficult, not including politicians... Who is one person that you would like to pie in the face? Oh my! God. We can only pick one. Well, you could you could think through a couple. I got a couple in mind. Okay. Um, it's because you had time to think about this. Well, I I, know. I mean I, I have my mind over who did I say yesterday? Uh, I don't remember yesterday. I can't re- yeah, surprise! That, Trace that doesn't have a right. list. You drank, too, you drank way more water than you should have. You got, <laughs> you got water drunk. I did. Um, like how many ex boyfriends can I pick? Mm. <laughs> All of them. Just line them up. Just line back them up. Back to back. We're yes. short on whipped cream. Yes. Okay. That's my pick. All your ex boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Most of them. I mean, there's a couple good ones. I won't say all of them, but you know who you are. Okay. You know who you are. Gotcha. Andrea, are you going to be vindictive about your exes, or are you going to go? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of all the people in my life that I've been like. He just like has a face that needs to be smacked. Well, now it can be somebody. <laughs> it can be somebody. I just, I just, I just need a high five of your face. <laughs> it yeah. can be somebody like famous. No, exactly. I, I'm thinking about like celebrities, where it's just like that mm. guy just seems like he needs a Billy Ray Cyrus face. or somebody. I feel that way about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I do not like that face. I'd put oh, a pie a in that actor. face. Mm. No, he is a good actor. But before I realized that, that face really bothered me. Maybe James Franco. That's a face. James Franco. He's got a. People he's just got laugh a face. it off though. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I don't know. I don't think he's like, I don't think he's a good dude. I, yeah. I, think I was going to go with like Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. He's not a, he's not a, poly, because knowing what I know now about how whipped cream is not good for your face and hair, it's mm. like not good for your skin. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, I was greasy the next day. But knowing now how that goes, I think a guy whose primary facial feature is a big crumb duster mustache <laughs> would be an appropriate. Like, then he's going to have to smell that. for. <laughs> he might end up shaving, and then no one would recognize him. He'd come on Hannity, and His people would be like, would be who, is, who is this guy? Yeah, you don't <laughs> make pillows. You don't look like somebody who could come up with a bad pillow. Which, by the way, they're not good pillows. No, um, they're I've, not. They're so I've uncomfortable. Seen, I've slept on one. It yeah, makes no. absolutely no sense. Right. It's like somebody put a bunch of, like, socks in a bag. It's like a non-pillow. Right. Yeah. So in this genre, like, Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil also would be. Oh, Ooh, Dr. Oz. Oh, gosh. Dr. Oz. Now, Dr. Phil, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Dr. Phil. He's got the same mustache situation, yeah. <laughs> so that's a plus. But but Ron White's Dr. Phil story in and of itself makes me, like, have a place in my heart for, for Dr. Phil. Is. You got to go YouTube it. It's, okay. it's oh, yeah. I don't have a place way, in my heart for It's way inappropriate for no, Life from the News Dungeon. Horrible. Uh, but Dr. Oz is, like, actually a danger um, yeah, in terms worst. of, like, medical uh, recommendations. He's, he's, whoop, 
Blue. <laughs> Way up there. Andy? I, well, on the celebrity front, I was going to say Carson Daly because I also okay. just – Something about that guy. The face. The way he holds the microphone. I just <laughs> you don't like it. No, now that we're older, I feel like he's probably just a nice guy and a dad or whatever. But yeah. Back when he was on TRL, I had yeah, no love for him. <laughs> what about Tucker Carlson, though? <laughs> that would be. That was the other name in my head. That's funny you say that. Yeah. Like if you, With like the if bow tie. you tie him hard enough, the bow tie spins. Yeah. yeah. That would be good. <laughs> I still like the pinnacle of my news watching. And I guess news watching in college was when Jon Stewart yes. destroyed. Crossfire. Uh, it was just the most amazing. I watched that like every three or four years just because of Yeah. That's your like, stop. You're hurting America. That's right. Yeah. That that's the basis. That's the like Crossfire was the antithesis of everything that you're trying to do with let's fix this and the national transpartisan yeah. effort. Yeah, I mean you can you can draw a straight line from there to now, right, in our national discourse. And yeah. The guy's still on TV. Yeah. Made a lot more money at it than I have. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. Okay, uh, any other pie thoughts? I mean, I was now I'm thinking about like, what about Little Wayne? Lil Little Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> I mean, just like Wayne. with the image and the gold fronts, <laughs> wouldn't that be kind of satisfying? You're just like, all about the spectacle. Yeah, make him wash his <laughs> wash his hair. I, I mean, well, no, but it's just like he's got he's just so cool, and then it's just like you got a pie in your face. No, okay. Wayne. Oh, okay. what? What? Okay. Isn't that are, the noise he makes? No, are you that's confusing cute. little you're that's confusing little Wayne twins. and little John? That's the big Bing Boy twins. <laughs> Who's little John? That T Pain. Oh little John. This is Lil Wayne. This is no. you're, you're confusing you're little Wayne with little John. I don't little know. Little John's the like, okay. That's it. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that's little John. <laughs> little Wayne is, I think, that's way more talented. Player? No, he's also a rapper. Yeah, no, he is a rapper. That's right. what I thought I was talking we, about. Let's just okay. I don't. Are we wow. going to cut this too? <laughs> Are we going to have an episode this. left? This, did, uh, you're, by the way, just uh, no one's mentioned this, but Andrea, your friend in town from New York, who, oh. who edits like a Democratic Socialist magazine, is sitting over on the couch, not amused at all by how what a train wreck this podcast is. It's uh, we need a holiday. We're going to go on holiday. We're yes, going to try yeah. to take most of Friday off after we do a letter of intent for a grant. Uh, we are going to mm-hmm. eat burgers and drink beer or seltzer or just plain old good three gallons of water like Angela, <laughs> lie in the sun, and come back to you next time on Live from the News Dungeon. Andy, yes. thank you for being here. I like that hat. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having <laughs> and me. And your shirt. I am here. You're stylish. Yeah. Well, I'm, thanks for you being here so that I could be here. We're done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Live from the News Dungeon is a non-doc.com production. Produced and edited by Bryce Holland. 